Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it is time for the ASU basketball preview. I think I might have been more excited had we done this before the first exhibition game, but we'll get into it. Matt, <laughs> Matt, ASU basketball hasn't had a winning season since Bobby Hurley arrived on campus. This is year three, yeah. uh, hoping the pattern changes. Last year, they improved to 15-18, and 7-11 in the conference. We haven't made an NCAA tournament since Jordan Bashinsky was a senior. Um, right. You know, can that change this year? I mean, I, I think it can. Um, uh, you know, obviously, I guess, the, you know, as you mentioned, the, uh, you know, the first time we've, I guess, quote unquote, seen this team on the court. Uh, you know, if it's an exhibition game and, it, you know, and nobody's there, did it really happen? I don't know. Um, but it happened and they struggled. Uh, you know, that said, I'm going to say this. I, I remember a few years back, Michigan State's team, I can't remember what year, they lost an exhibition game to a Division two or three team. I believe they ended up going to the Final Four that year. So I don't put a lot of stock in these uh, for anybody. I mean, they, you know, they are exhibition games for a reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still excited. Um, I, I think they've got more talent, more depth, hopefully more size. Um, you know, and I, I think now is the time to make a push. Um, is it, you know, do I want to say it's put up or shut up? And, and, you know, if they don't make the tournament, Bobby Hurley's job should be in jeopardy? No, absolutely not. But – uh, you know, it's time to show some progress and start winning and at least get into the mix uh, in March by that point. I'm with you. So part of the thing for this team, obviously the key veterans are the three guards, Trey Holder, Cody Justice, Shannon Evans. Yeah. Um, that will be critical to have those guys play well, be senior leaders. Um, I'm thinking sort of along the lines of the Derek Glasser senior year where mm -hmm. you're, you're just everything sort of comes together they hit their free throws they make open threes they don't turn the ball over much and I think that yeah. could be a recipe for success on the offensive side with those three guys yeah agreed I mean it's it's rare nowadays to have um, you know two guys who have basically been four-year either starters or you know significant players for, for their entire careers you don't get that a lot um, you know, nowadays in college basketball with transfers and early entries, you just don't see that. And then you had another guy who has been around here for two years. You know, one is a red shirting sitting out, you know, as a transfer. And then, and then the other year, you know, last year playing and playing a big role. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it, those three guys will have to carry the leadership torch. Um, there's other guys that we're going to be counting on to increase the talent because those three guys were here last year. Uh, you know, but yeah, it'll be important for them to, uh, you know, step up and, and, you know, carry us through the tough times that will happen, you know, yeah. long season, never get through it without adversity and, and having veterans like that should help. So it's those three and Ramon Vila are going to be the primary returning veterans. Um, and then the newcomers who can, and, I, and I'm bringing this down into two, there's the newcomers who can play and the newcomers yeah. who can't play. Um, very quickly, Carlson Bragg from Kansas, Rob Edwards from Cleveland State, Zylan Cheatham from San Diego State, all will not play this year. Uh, reports are Carlson Bragg still hasn't joined the team due to a personal issue, and he left Kansas yeah. due to a personal issue. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he ever, you know, suits up for it. Yeah, issues. yeah, you have to put the asterisk on him for right now. I know, you know, Hurley said, you know, after the scrimmage, I guess that you know we're we're staying with him and he's getting through this or whatever vague but enough to make you think okay maybe he really does believe he's coming back 
but yeah, I mean, in a situation like that, um, you know, you have to kind of put the caveat right now that let's wait and see if he ever actually suits up for a game. So two guys who are newcomers this year who did not play in the Northern State double overtime victory were Romello White and Mikey Miller. Now Miller is going to have to sit yeah. out until uh, December. He might be able to play, I, I heard, before the Pac-12 opener, um, but certainly will be able to play Pac-12 season, transfer from Ohio State. Right. And he is what the Herb Sendek era loved in a big man because he's a, a passer and – you know, not really from from what he did at Ohio State. Not really a huge banger down low. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, he's he's kind of the you know, and that look every team plays like that now. Uh, you know, you have those those uh, the you know, tremendous the stretch four, um, and he might fit that. I don't know much about him to be honest. I uh, you know, he's one of those guys who. Um, there seems to be a, a decent amount of expectation, and yet I don't remember him at Ohio State at all. Not that I follow Ohio State basketball closely. Um, and we got him last year, and I remember talking to you, you know, hearing that he transferred, and like, who is he? Uh, you know, I mean, he kind of is a name out of the left field. Um, but, yeah, if he can contribute at some point, um, obviously you're right, he you know, won't be there to start the year. Um, so it would be nice to get something out of him, but – uh, the, the other name you mentioned to me is the name that might break, you know, make or break this season, and that is Romello White. Uh, you know, missing him last year left a big void in what we could do, and he didn't play the, you know, exhibition game. Um, hearing this, you know, game to game, uh, he's, you know, not with the team for violation of team rules, and it's game to game. That makes me nervous because mm-hmm. um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but uh, we're going to need him. You know, he's he's going to be, I think a key part of whether this team can meet the expectations that we just talked about. Well, and the issue with White last year was academic. He gray-shirted similar right. to Jahi Carson during his, what should have been right. his freshman year. But now if it's a discipline thing, you know, that's well, where the concern and it, is. And it, um, it is, and, and I guess I find it, um, find it strange when you say it's something, and this is what Hurley said, you know, it's, it's carryover from last season but his status is game to game. Well, if this was something that happened last season, shouldn't you have decided what the punishment's going to be? I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand that. That's one of those where I wish somebody would have pressed him a little bit. Like, what, what does that mean? Um, because again, I feel like this guy, and I'm putting a lot of you know pressure on his role, having never seen him play a game. I'll admit, but just what you hear about him and what we were missing last year is kind of what he can bring. Um, I feel like, you know, we, we need him. So I'm hoping this is not something that's going to extend and, you know, turn into an Alonzo Trier like saga where, you know, he's just not playing and we're not sure why. And we're into December and January and he's still not playing. That would be a big concern for me. Yeah. I mean, I think we are all sort of expecting him to be the starting big man. Um, yeah, you know yeah, the other options, you know, I mean, I, and it's not to knock the other options, but Daquan Lake is a junior college transfer who it yeah. sounds like he's a project. Vila is, you know, right. not a is banger. He, is. he he's you yeah. Know, it, it's really, I mean, if we're looking for a down low presence from everything I've heard, it's White and Lake. I mean, last year they went to Justice yes. down low before they went to Vila down low. So right, right. I mean, you know, Vila's a nice player. Vila, you know. I think what we're looking at here is something we've talked about in different circumstances where, you know, Vila and Lake and Vitaly Shibble and, you know, they can all be nice complimentary pieces that could step in and maybe play in that spot 
for you know five to ten minutes a game. But none of them are guys that you want to be your number one. He's going to go out there and we need you to play 32, 35 minutes. That's what White is supposed to be. And then everybody else fills in around him to give us depth uh, that we didn't have last year either. I mean, last year we were lacking both the, the top guy and the depth. Um, we might have the depth this year, but we need that top guy too. He's supposed to be that. Yeah, I mean, if if this doesn't work, then what you are saying really is you've just got a lot of fouls that you can give against right. big men and to try to stop into, them from shooting free throw or try to stop yeah, them exactly. from layups and just free throw yeah. train happening. And it and it turns into last year's team, which we saw the limitations of it, you know. And there's other guy. I mean, you know, I think Kamani Lawrence is a guy who who obviously is a is a player, kind of caliber player we didn't have last year. You know, Shibble was out last year injured, and so he's there. So there's there's more options, but it still turns into the same thing of you're very perimeter-oriented. You don't have any si- any real size that you can go into to get scoring, defense, rebounding, uh, and, and you know, then you, you'll struggle against the better teams that can take advantage of that. Um, you know, I mean, if, you could, if you're a lockdown defensive team, maybe you don't need a big man. We're not. We saw that last year. And, uh, you know, giving up 90 points to Northern State indicates we're still not. So we need that big to just, you know, help everything else out. Yeah, it, I'm, it's funny because I was listening to um, Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz talk about the Bucks, And one of the things that they said is happening in the NBA in general is teams are starting to realize your best interior defense is good perimeter defense. And sure. ASU might, if Romello White's not you know, either what we need him to be or not yeah. available at all, that might be how ASU has to do it and just hope that Holder and Evans, I mean, they did force Northern State into 30 turnovers, which set aside the fact that they, they went to double overtime and, and got 30 turnovers against right. the D2 school. Right, um, right. And, and, you know, it sounds like Northern State shot the ball very well from outside, which maybe they were just hot. I don't, you know, who knows? I mean, that's, that's an equalizer, obviously, in, in basketball, especially college basketball. Um, but I mean, that was a big concern last year was our defense. And so I guess hard for me to, to believe that, uh, the, you know, these guys are going to develop into shutdown perimeter defenders because they weren't last year. They weren't anything close. So we need that, you know, that size. Now he may not be a great shot blocker. I don't think he's Jordan Bashinsky or somebody like that. Who's going to erase shots and all that, you know, but we just need somebody to protect the inside and, and maybe free those guys up a little bit. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned before Kimani Lawrence, who is the uh, East Coast wing player, top-rated yeah. player in Hurley's class coming in this season. You know, he, from what Doug Haller's written, seems to be, you know, the guy we need if White is there, who is between what Holder, Justice, and Evans bring you a lot right. of, you know, a lot of three-point shooting and jump shooting with the occasional cut to the basket. He's yeah. a guy who can slash and it seems like his game is mostly slash and score or slash and kick which yeah. this team needs. Yeah. And hopefully some rebounding as well. I mean, you know, that that was a big weakness last year was our rebounding, you know, was was among the worst in the conference and cost us games against good teams, you know, teams with size. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's kind of a combination. You need those veteran guys to to be good and be what they've been and maybe even take a bit of a step forward you hope each year a guy gets a little bit better but you need these new guys i mean there's there's a lot of of guys who some of them were here but they didn't play some of them weren't here uh you know as you said i think we only have four guys back who played last year 
Um, so that that means there's a lot of new faces, and we're going to need you know several of those guys to play big roles right away. Yeah, the last new face who I wanted to mention is Remy Martin. He's the point yeah. guard from California, and you know he should be a contributor this year just because he's so talented. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be just a hard guard rotation to crack unless we play four guards because you assume yeah, it's going to yeah. be you assume it's going to be a lot like last year where you don't see Holder or really Evans leave the floor now, especially with uh, Graham. Not too gone. much. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you know, I think um, it sounds like Hurley's excited about him and what he can bring in his defense. I, we talk about that perimeter defense being a weakness last year. Maybe he's a guy who can help improve that. Uh, you know, there seems to be some positive vibes about what he can do there. So, you know, Hurley has said he's going to force his way into the rotation. And if he's, you know, as good as, as yeah, we like these three guards. But let's be honest, these three guards are not, uh, you know, uh, all Americans. So if he's good enough to play, let's get him out there and find a role for him. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I think one of the things that Martin could be from the way Hurley described him is a weapon that this team can use for you know, four-minute stretches off the bench yeah. to, to just blitz backup point guards. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, agreed. it sounds like he's he's the kind of guard who wants to pick guys up three-quarters of the court or full yeah. court and just stay yeah. on them. Which is great. I mean, we need, we need that defensive intensity. That was, you know, again, you talk about the things that cost us last year and the reasons we were 15 and 18 as compared to maybe 20 and 13. It was defense and rebounding primarily. We, we could score. We could score with anybody. We could shoot with anybody. But we did not do the other aspects of the game well enough to win consistently. And so we need these new guys to come in and help us in those areas. At this point, we're in year three of the Bobby Hurley experience. What are your thoughts just generally on where we are, where you think we're going, and what, what is a reasonable expectation for this year and next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I, I have no overt complaints. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, questioning the direction or anything like that. I think, you know, year one was struggle, as you'd expect. Year two was a little better, you know, improved made um, with still a skeleton crew. You know, he kind of had to tear this thing down and start from scratch. And, and it's, now it's now it's on the rise. You know, now you want to see that progress expectation for this year. I don't have a win number. I I say that all the time with basketball. It's not like football. I don't think you can go through and say, we need to win X number of games. Um, There's just too many games and then, you know, things change and stuff like that. But my expectation is come March 1st, when the season is really over, that we still have a chance to make the tournament and not just when we need to run the table in the conference tournament from the, you know, 10 or 11 or 12 spot. That, that we have a chance, you know, that if we get a couple wins at the end of the year and a couple wins in the conference tournament, maybe we can get our way in. Now, you know, if, if we're kind of in that area this year, I feel like that was good progress from where we've been. For me, I think that's right. The only thing I would add is last year, what Hurley showed me with his recruiting classes, he can get elite talent to Tempe. Right. But then we didn't see any of them play. Uh, You're right. And, and, you know, Cunliffe left, Jethro left, Romello White didn't play. Didn't play, Chill didn't play. I think there is – I was just going to say, I think there is pressure now on Kimani Lawrence, Remy Martin to some extent, but I think Remy Martin knew what he was getting into. 
He's not going to play mm-hmm. a lot. It's going to be hard for him to take a starting guard spot from these guys. But I want Kimani Lawrence to play and play well. I and yeah, I and I no, want I... to see, you know, does the recruiting transition to going after and getting these elite guys continue? I know, you know, we briefly talked about before that Lou Dort from Montreal is right. coming. And if that's true and he stays true to that verbal commitment, you know, he could be another game changer, you know, big, powerful yeah. guard who, yeah. you know, can make a, you know, basketball, as we've talked about many times in college, you get two elite guys, you are a top 25 team. They You're can, a much better team. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you can you can make uh, quick improvements in basketball more so than football, I agree, and um, you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, you're, you're very right. That, that five-man class that were true fresh last year, only one played and, and you know, is still with us, and that's Ramon Vila. And he is, as we talked about, you know, a nice player, but nothing special. Um, you know, now two of those guys are back now this year, and they're supposed to play as redshirt freshmen. We need those guys because the top two headliners are already gone. Um, and, and so, yeah, you need that, you know, that is the biggest problem with Herb Sendek's tenure was too many recruiting misses. And that's the way, you know, a program struggles is recruiting misses. So hopefully that was just a, a bump in the road and, and we'll start to see better from the guys who are here this year and then going forward, you know, continue to increase that talent base, which wasn't there under Herb and wasn't there when Hurley got here. Uh, and then and then keep them here and develop them. You know, I mean, it's that's great part to of get it Sam too. Cunliffe. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Sam Cunliffe's great. You know, he's a McDonald's All-American. That's nice on headlines. But he left after eight games. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You got to have him here and helping you win for those recruiting victories to actually matter. Well, and even, you know, more on that point from my perspective is where, where Herb Sendek fell apart in addition to his recruiting classes after Harding just got progressively worse. Yeah. And, but guys who were on Herb Sendek coach teams who left, who, you know, could have improved. And, yes. you know, it, it goes, you know, Victor Rudd. Obviously, oh, Keala yeah. King had his own off-court issues, but Keala King was sure. part of that. Um, the kid who wound up coming to Marquette um, from Minnesota, Lockett. You know, oh, yes. there were yes, there's right. a, there yeah. are a lot of guys, you know, and I yeah. know I'm yeah. I'm blanking on others. Uh, Demetrius, uh, what was his name? Walker. Demetrius Walker. Yeah. yeah, the kid from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean we we talked about that, you know, a lot over those last few years with Herb, and and the fact that you know you compare those first few years where we had guys, yeah, yeah, James Harden. James Harden is the headliner and he's the star and that's great, but you had guys on that team like Eric Botang. Ty Abbott, uh, Derek Laster, Jaren Jaren Shipp. Shipp, guys who were three, four-year guys who got better every year, just like I talked about. You know, you want those seniors to get a little bit better. Um, and they got better every year, and by the time they were juniors and seniors, they were good players on good teams. They're not stars. We didn't, we didn't lose any guys under Herb, all those transfers. We didn't lose anybody who went on to be an All-American and a first-round pick, and you think, oh, boy, that really hurts we lost that guy. It's just the volume of them. It's the guys that should have been contributors as juniors and seniors that weren't there. And so you're constantly churning the roster and having seven, eight, nine new guys every year. And, and it's hard to build continuity like that. You know, well, so, yeah, and, and that's, the thing is, it's, that's you, the can, you can do that if you're Kentucky and the eight or nine exactly. guys you bring in are, you know, lottery picks. Are, 
McDonald's All Americans. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's a different beast when you're Kentucky, and yet you know even Kentucky, they have some of those years that hasn't worked out. You know, they have a collection of a lot of talent. I mean, the one year with Nerlens Noel and and a couple other guys, I'm blanking on the names, but you know they went to the NIT. Um, They had talent, but it didn't work out that you know. I mean, most years it has. They've gotten to the tournament. They've made Final Four runs. One you know, one national championship. But yeah, I mean, that's a different beast when you're talking about bringing in that kind of talent as compared to bringing in guys who are, you know, a little further down the board, transfers, to college kids, trying to mix and match. Um, you know, it's tough. It's just tough to rebuild your program every year that way. Um, and, and so that's the thing I want to see is, you know, every year you have two or three, like I said, you know, it's rare, but you want to see it where you have two or three guys who are, three- and four-year contributors are you thinking, okay, we can count on those guys. When times get tough, they've been there. They've done it. They've played in all these venues. They've played road games. You know, and you you can trust them to step up. Well, and it's also these are the guys who they've played at Kentucky. Like, I I know that going into Kansas, your adrenaline will be going this year. But there are guys on this roster in Justice and Holder who can say, oh, we already played at Kentucky. This is and you know, Arena. Yeah. yeah, we've played in Madison yep. Square Garden. We, you know, right. are, we've played right. in some of the hallowed halls of college basketball. This is yeah. just another yeah. one, and it's exciting. But it's it is just another cool it's arena. Just another game. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, the, and and then you get into the conference, you know, road games where the meat of your schedule is, and you've got guys who've been to McHale and they've been to Pauley Pavilion and they've been to. You know Seattle and Pullman, and you know they yeah, they've, they've played, played in these they've places. Played in the elevation tough. in Colorado and Utah, right? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and and does that does that mean you're going to win those? No, but it, it just helps to have a few guys who have been there and done it, and and you can say you know all right, we we trust these guys to step up and make plays when it matters. They won't always, but you feel like you've got guys who are capable of it, and you're not counting on eighteen and nineteen year olds, um, you know, who've never done it before to come through. So, yeah, I mean, that's the big key, I think, with Hurley. And it was the, it was the downfall of Herb Sendek was the recruiting misses that led to transfers that led to roster turnover year after year after year. And they're just, you know, you couldn't keep up. And, and Hurley's first class uh, teetered on that. We'll see where it goes. I mean, it's, it's still an incomplete uh, with, with White and Shibble and what they'll be. Um, but, yeah, from here, that's got to get better or else he's going to suffer the same fate as Herb, I believe. Yeah, I, I will say this. He, the transfers he's brought in appear to be at least higher rated than the ones Herb brought in. You know, True. Rob Edwards True. and Zylan Cheatham, like setting Bragg aside, who was a right. you know, high school All-American, but right. setting him aside, you know, Cheatham is good, athletic, exciting. Yeah. And Edwards is a scorer for a team that next year you're probably looking at a guard rotation if everything holds true of, Mm-hmm. Martin, Dort, and Edwards, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess in, in you know, talking about your question of where do I want, you know, where do I want this program to be? What are my expectations for this year and next year? One thing I would say for next year is that I hope we're not sitting here doing this at this time of year and saying, well, we've got eight or nine new guys who haven't played. That's not ideal. It's where we are this year, and okay, you know, but, but I, I hope there's – Less turnover. There's always going to be turnover. I get it. But, you know, I hope it's not where you feel like two-thirds of your roster are brand-new guys who haven't been here before. 
because that's hard to do. Like I said, that's that's what we had a lot in the last years with Herb. And he had, you know, one or two good years among those years, one time in the tournament, another time close. But it was just hard to sustain that. And the one thing I will say is with Graham and Evans it, sitting out a year and then seeing them last year, it does seem yeah. like Hurley gets these guys involved in a way where they're, they're not yeah. they're not so far behind by the time their season starts, which true, gives me true. a little confidence about, you know, the stuff Howler wrote saying how Rob Edwards looks so good right. and, and how he would definitely be in the rotation if he was playing this year. Right. Makes me feel good that, okay, well, next year he's not going to be overwhelmed by any of this. True, true. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. there is a difference between guys who – we're here for a year and they practice with the team and they, they met with the team, you know, they, they've been around and they know kind of what the coaches expect and all of that as compared guys who are brand new. I mean, they're, you know, obviously there should be more of a comfort level there um, to where, you know, those guys next year, if these, you know, if all three of those guys are still here, Bragg is the one that obviously right now feels like more of the question mark, but if they are all still here and contributing, you know, are expected to contribute, you feel a little more confident they'll be ready to do it than maybe a guy who's brand new. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that gives me pause after I was the one who started this train, the only thing that gives me pause is White was here all last season and he he's still on a game-to-game suspension. But <laughs> That one to me is, is the biggest, you know, red flag that came out of that Northern State game, you know, the obvious one is, well, why did it take you two overtimes to beat Northern State? And and maybe, you know, in January or February, we'll look back and say, boy, that was a red flag. We should have seen trouble on the horizon. But I don't put a lot of stock in the result. It's the first time you played as a team. It's the, you know, there's a whole lot of things. But if he, if his status is iffy, and right now it is, that worries me. Now, I, I hope that will, you know, be solved. Hopefully he'll be back. He'll play the season opener. We'll get into the rotation, and we'll forget all about this. That's obviously my hope. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. There's two more exhibition games. There's one at Wells Fargo on Friday, but before that they're playing a hurricane relief exhibition that I don't know if it was something that was initially going to be secret and now they've made it public or what against San Diego at San Diego. Yeah. Um, but we'll get two more chances to see them before uh, the real games begin and you know, right. a, as usual, the first game is one that we should win in the regular season. But but this exhibit or uh, this non-conference season is interesting. There's some it is tough yeah. opponents. Yeah, and- it's it's a little bit manageable, I think, than last year, which is good. Like we've talked about, I think you know they learned some lessons as a staff on you know maybe not going overboard on the traveling and the opponents. And last year's might have been almost too uh, you know difficult when it came to that. Um, but yeah, there's still some good opponents. Obviously the, you know, the trip to Kansas is the one that, you know, you circle is the, the most, uh, intriguing game, but, um, it's the games like, you know, Vanderbilt, for example, a team that went to the tournament last year coming here. Those are the games that to me will, will tell us more about where this team is. Kansas will be fun to see him play at that place. And obviously next year to see him come here, but you know, you got to beat the teams that are considered around your level to, you know see if they're really at the level we expect, I guess. Yeah, it'll be fun. So we're going to start mixing in a little more basketball talk. Obviously, there's plenty of football talk to go around with bowl eligibility still on the line the last few weeks. But uh, we'll be back. We'll do something middle of the week to get you ready for Colorado. And 
Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.